0: Happy New Year, everybody. Episode 68 is here with the founder and owner of Poor Cleveland, Charlie Eisenstadt. Poor Cleveland is a coffee shop downtown that has been growing. It's been in business for five years. It's got a pretty, pretty solid following now and uh, really appreciated Charlie's time. He came on to talk about uh, his entrepreneurial path, leaving the legal world behind for ultimately what became his obsession, coffee. And it uh, was very fascinating to hear his story and to hear his plans for his company and uh, his past, present, and future plans for, for his business altogether. So really appreciated Charlie's time. Check them out. Port Cleveland, they are downtown. They will soon be brewing their own coffee. We talk about it all in this next insightful episode with the one and only Charlie Eisenstadt.
1: The Optimal Life.
0: What's up, buddy? Welcome. Thanks. Welcome, welcome. Happy New Year. Yeah, same to you. Thanks for having me. Uh, this is awesome. Twenty eighth, We are recording this thing officially on, what is it, December 31st at 9.45 in the morning.
1: New Year's Eve, getting started early.
0: Most people will probably be listening to this thing in 2019, but that's okay. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year to us, and uh, how's life treating you?
1: Life's great. It's crazy. Uh running two small businesses now and uh, two kids at home, and uh, so I'm always pretty busy. <laughs> so it's like full-time jobs in both places, right? Yeah, about three or four. <laughs> Crazy, man. How, how old are your kids now? Got a five-and-a-half-year-old boy and uh, and a two-year-old girl. And uh, how's
0: that? What's the difference in, with a boy versus a girl? Because I, I don't know the difference. I only have girls.
1: Uh, well, you know, with girls, they uh, they know how to how to get daddy to do whatever they want (laughs) just give you that one look Mm -hmm. Uh, she's learned that pretty young that she's uh, cute enough to get her way but uh, uh, and then uh, with with my son he's pretty much the same just uh, you know he's the oldest so he thinks he should always get his way are you guys done?
0: I'm done (laughs) (laughs) so if there's another one that pops up that means uh, that was somebody else's (laughs) no
1: but uh, yeah I I think we're done for now Okay. Who knows down the road, but
0: yeah, two's a lot. Two's a good number.
1: Two's a good number. You've got three.
0: Three is a three is a handful. Yeah. Three is a huge difference, man.
1: Yeah. Well, just one, just one to two, is like a big, big adjustment. Oh yeah. Just because you're, you can't, you can not can not tag team one. You've got a.
0: And then two to three is a huge adjustment I'm because sure. you got to go from man to man to zone.
1: You're outnumbered.
0: Oh yeah. It's it's, it's and, for us, I remember the feeling when we started over with the third uh it was like a four-year gap between my second and my third yeah so once the second one is turning four and then you have to start over
1: it's like holy shit you forgot what this was we we did kind of the same thing like uh our oldest was you know three and a half when our when our daughter was born so you got to go back to that infant stage and it's
0: it it is a big adjustment it is i i tell people all the time people that are thinking of having just do it get it out of the way back 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 to back back. back. when the first one is one start for number two and if you're gonna have number three i mean you're in a firestorm anyways just stay in the storm because for for us it was like we got out of the storm and then it hit hard right as we were getting out yeah it was like oh no yeah Diapers and screaming baby in the middle of the night—you're not ready for that. No, it's crazy. We're
1: we're finally getting out of that. Yes. So it's a little bit better. I think
0: like once they start hitting two and a half, three. Yeah. And then like again by four years old, man. Anyone that's listening that has little ones or that will have kids this age, four years old, you're kind. Don't you think four years old is like a a big turning point?
1: Yeah, and you know, there's there's different milestones each age. I mean, there's stuff that gets easier. uh, You know, like my daughter even is two and a half, but you can You can sort of have a conversation with her now, but right. you know they have different needs. She'll start potty training soon that's a that's a whole thing and now are these uh these kids of yours
0: are they coffee uh experts at this point what's going on over there
1: uh My son has no idea what uh he thinks like the entire downtown skyline is the coffee shop, so if we're driving <laughs> on the highway, he'll go, up oh, I see the coffee shop <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, they come in and they play with uh, the tins that we have to keep the coffee doses, but I'm not really sure that they They, they don't know. get it yet, huh? No, but uh, they pretend to like it. They they have a little kitchen downstairs. And how
0: long have you guys been open for now?
1: We just celebrated five years Uh, Thanksgiving. Really? Yeah. Wow.
0: Yeah. Crazy. I remember when you were talking to Ryan about it and telling him your ideas, and, and that doesn't seem like that long ago. No. And uh, that was probably at least several years before you actually opened right i mean this yeah, was it,
1: it was something that uh really just uh i got the coffee bug pretty bad in uh kind of the end of college i i didn't really drink it until like senior year and even then it was kind of um uh, you know just like frappuccinos and coffee milkshakes and stuff like that at starbucks but uh got into it in uh dc uh when i was there uh in law school or grad Law school for a for a tax law degree, but um, that's
0: a big difference. Big shift,
1: yeah. I uh, I kind of just stayed in school because I didn't know what I really wanted to do and just uh. Just what made you want to do tax? Was tax just something? I, I don't know. I always liked uh like accounting classes. I liked I I, I did finance as my major in undergrad. I I, I really went through school with no clear direction. I just knew I I needed to go to college. You just knew that
0: you were good enough to get through it, so,
1: right? Yeah. I I mean, I can't say I was Cuz
0: we were in law school at the same time, and then you were you law school wasn't just enough. You were like I I got to add this this
1: I I right? knew I I wasn't ready to go out there and be, you know, a lawyer or whatever. Uh-huh. Uh I you know, I grew up with uh my my dad wanted me to be a professional in whatever I was going to be, so you know, get as much education, get as many degrees as you can. You know, everything will be easier. But if you don't really have a passion for what you're doing, it's it's not gonna it's not gonna work.
0: So what happened? What ha- when was the moment that ch- you're in Washington D.C. after Marshall?
1: Yep, I was there for a year getting an LLM, and then um, uh-huh. had really good coffee there that I hadn't experienced in Cleveland. And you know, the wheels started turning in my head a little bit, and just kind of became obsessed with it. So I was ordering coffee from all over the country different small specialty roasters trying stuff at home uh, uh, Maggie uh, my wife and I moved to Chicago so I was licensed in uh, Illinois after uh, uh, after law school and was trying to get work there but um, it was a it was a tough job market and the it was like the height of the you know the economic downturn mm-hmm. this goes back to what 2000, yeah to 2010 mm-hmm uh so I got some part-time associate work which was a nightmare for me, stressed me out. Uh Chicago was just too expensive for us on one salary essentially. I wasn't really bringing much to the table that way. Right. So we uh we kind of regrouped and moved back to Cleveland uh since we had more connections here. Uh finally worked I worked at uh a couple firms here and then joined uh PNC for a bit in their uh, trust department, but was on the side just working on a on a business. But you were plan. miserable, probably. Uh it was at least easier because it was steady. the The work before was just I, I never knew what I was gonna get. Uh, it was basically just by assignment. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I ultimately you weren't happy with it. No, no. I mean, I couldn't it was imagine just doing that for paying like, the bills 20, 30 years. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: paying the bills, and then but so so this goes back to oh nine. Uh, two thousand nine, two thousand ten. Right around that time, when you started thinking
1: about coffee. Yeah, I, I mean, I I became obsessed with coffee in oh nine, and then when we moved to Chicago and saw some of their shops there, and just different, just concepts I I had never seen in town in Cleveland. And you're thinking to yourself, I want to do this one day, or did you not put it there yet? Uh, it it was starting starting to come to the surface a little bit, but um, I think. What I the reason I ended up switching from premed to to finance and business was I I always had like an entrepreneurial kind of bug that, mm-hmm. uh, that like those cases and stuff that we go through in different classes those always interested me um, but yeah it just sort of morphed into uh, an obsession into a business
0: and when you say obsession like you're reading books you're listening to
1: yeah uh, coffee. Um, uh, i have a fair amount of coffee books I, I actually learned more online than anything uh twitter coffee twitter just uh learn, a lot of coffee professionals share a lot of information online and there's articles and like what wine. are some of the things oh just just how to how to brew coffee at home how to make better coffee at home uh who's roasting good coffee so you just get a it's like to a wine enthusiast for coffee right it's yeah, a same kind of, of thing a lot yeah. of parallels between wine and coffee yeah um like the, the coffee taster's wheels developed from the, the wine taster's wheel. Uh, sure. So it's, uh, yeah, it's... Um,
0: There's a plethora of information out there. And Any, it's, and it's always evolving. It.
1: It's constantly yeah. changing, so it's, it's always exciting that way.
0: Speaking of brewing, it looks like you've brought a little pot here with us. So yeah. I should uh, probably yeah. pour a cup.
1: Yeah. Let's get some. We is
0: this go. what is this it right here? This is what you brewed?
1: Yeah, that's uh, that's a coffee from a roaster named uh, Tim Wendelboe. Uh, he is one of our favorite roasters at poor. Uh he's he wins roaster Nordic Roaster of the year every, Tim Wendelbo Almost every year that hmm. the awards existed. Go check uh, him out. Super quality focus. He's from uh Norway.
0: Okay. Uh Yeah, I see that cuz he's got the .no after his URL.
1: Yeah. It's yeah. just uh just incredible coffees he uh, works with, you know, kind of a handful of farms. Uh way less than a lot of roasters you'll see. All right, everybody. Here we go. This is always one of our, our favorite coffees of the of the year too. It's um, from a from Nacimiento, uh, which is in Honduras. Uh, very approachable coffee. It's not like the the wildest coffee that we get in, but it's just so well executed and balanced. Um, so Christmas
0: coffee from Nacimiento?
1: Yeah. So he's marketing this for like the holidays, but. Um, he also sells this now without the Christmas packaging on it.
0: Here, cheers, man! Cheers. Thank you for bringing this. Yeah. Let's see. Let's. This is a. This is another taste testing session here on the Optimal Life podcast. This is <laughs> exciting. Uh, this is awesome. This is great. Wow. Nice and smooth. Yeah. It's so- got the uh, blackberry, cherries, and black currants.
1: Yeah, I mean to me this, uh, it's like very subtle fruit. I, I get more like. <sighs> Kind of dark chocolate it's uh, definitely different, yeah,
0: definitely different. and you guys saw this year, Ron? Uh
1: we usually carry something from Tim Wendell but what we we do um kind of a rotating lineup of a couple roasters from overseas, uh, just because we tend to favor that roasting style mm-hmm. uh, It's typically lighter uh brighter than most of the stuff you'll find in in the u s and then uh we usually carry a domestic roaster, but this year we'll be uh replacing. Most of the domestic roasted coffee with uh, our own. Wow! So you're going to have your own label? Mm-hmm. That's 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 in the works. Yeah, that's uh, it's been been in the works for over a year. But uh, uh, yeah. yeah, we we were hoping to be roasting by now, but it should be in the next month. That's fingers crossed! T- tremendously
0: exciting, I'm sure.
1: Yeah. Right. It's that's, that's it,
0: the evolution of pour. Yep.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's also something that just developed uh, organically from from working in coffee. I, I Actually, when we opened Pour, I told Maggie that I I don't want to roast. I never want to roast. There's a lot of good people doing good stuff. Why why mess with that? <laughs> and then uh, you know we got uh, once we became this multi-roaster shop where we didn't stick with one roaster. We were getting tons of coffees just sent to us as samples. So we tried hundreds of different roasters through the through the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, just We taste a lot of good stuff, but we also taste a lot of bad stuff that we know, uh, you know, is is out there. And we just, you know, from tasting stuff and understanding what we're tasting and what we like and don't like, we just kind of decided, you know, like we can
0: do this better. Yeah, in certain ways. Uh,
1: Basically, yeah. Yeah. We just, uh, it's really a a goal of ours to make kind of high-end coffee more approachable. It's it. I think the industry as a whole likes to make it uh, more complicated than it needs to be, and I'm sure you know anything new like wine too. Like before you before you understand it, it's it can be intimidating, different styles and stuff like that. But really, uh, my idea is not overcomplicating it with with uh, you know tasting notes and stuff like that. You know, it just it should taste good, should be approachable, and you know. I want it to cater to a wider audience than just, like, coffee enthusiasts. It
0: reminds – when you said that I was having those visions like you see in a movie where you're like, honey, no, we're never going to do that. And then you, the next scene, there you are doing it years <laughs> later, right? It's like yeah. That's one of those things. You just never know what, what, what tomorrow holds. You never know, especially in business.
1: No, you you got to be able to adjust and, and change.
0: So back to – again, back to – because I want to go back a little bit to the Washington transition to Chicago, back to Cleveland. Sure. So you have it in your mind. You're working in a job to pay the bills, a career actually, because you spent—I mean, four years of undergrad, yeah, three years of law school, a year of additional uh, studies in Washington. Yep. So there's eight years of school right there, right? Um, and it ultimately doing something that you weren't feeling passionate about, most likely.
1: Oh, I mean, absolutely. I, I uh, you know, I think part of school was like a delay on, on reality and then uh, an expensive delay at that. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, it, life is, you know, in my mind, too too short to not be happy in what you're doing or uh, in any part of your life. It's too short to be miserable. So uh, it, it, I took kind of a roundabout way to figure out what I wanted to do and what I was passionate about. but. Uh, i i don't know that I would have found coffee if i wasn't in school because I needed it to to work really what I, what I first found uh that I liked about coffee was like the the shop experience and being in you know just a relaxed atmosphere i i like at marshall i i hated the law library i I thought it was the most depressing place it really was wasn't it uh it's like I, going into a dungeon i ugh.
0: Especially during finals time studying, oh god! No, yeah. you'd have to go downstairs and go find a little hideout, and get it was just get a room. Good luck getting a room.
1: No, I Ugh, I, I couldn't nah. do it. So I brutal. I just especially in Cleveland, like in the winter time. Yeah,
0: like the first semester type. Oh. Uh, god, it's dark. it was brutal. dark when you go in. Dark, dark at five in. o'clock, and yep. you're going in, and you're studying until eleven o'clock at night. Yeah, oh, it was terrible. Uh, just brought back some bad memories. Uh, I know. <laughs> Sorry for all you, uh, aspiring lawyers out there, but it's just the reality. Yeah, yeah. I
1: mean, you know, uh, we need lawyers. But uh...
0: oh, no doubt, yeah. So you are, <clears throat> you were, uh, so you were doing this, but uh, uh, at what point though? When you're back in Cleveland, you've been studying. You've been you're you're probably enthralled. Every second of the day outside of your work life, you're probably enthralled in studying and doing research on coffee. I mean, where's the point where you're like, okay, I'm gonna pull the trigger. When does that happen?
1: Uh, once, once I was working at PNC and I had a more steady paycheck that I, that at least that aspect of my life I could relax a little bit. Um, I just, uh, you know, a, a lot of my time was just job hunting. So, once that. Went away, I. I was starting to sit down and actually, you know, crunch numbers and write a business plan out. And what is that like? Eleven, two thousand eleven, twelve. Yeah, twenty somewhere in that range. Twenty eleven.
0: Uh huh. And then what?
1: And then, uh, yeah.
0: Like how How do you have the balls to pull the trigger? <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm trying to figure out. What uh, happens?
1: You got. Uh, you got to at some point just. Uh, I think it was. Uh, like a Steve Harvey video or something that I saw but you gotta you gotta just jump at some point because if you don't then you never know I mean uh, so yeah you, it, was, like, it was a risk for sure and it's uh,
0: uh, like what's the process what's the process of anyone that's interested in ultimately maybe getting into hospitality uh, getting into something uh, you know with
1: a tenancy those kind of things how does that all unfold yeah, you got I mean uh, really with anything i can't overemphasize it you you've got to you've got to love what you're doing uh if you if you're going in with the goal of oh i'm going to be uh i'm going to be a millionaire doing doing this especially in hospitality you're you're in the wrong industry mm-hmm. um, do it cuz you love it yeah you you have to
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, cause there's you know especially in this uh in cleveland it's so everything is very seasonal with the, with the weather and stuff uh, like we're entering our our slower time of year, uh, just because people just don't go outside. People think like, oh, probably really busy in winter because it's cold out and people want to drink warm coffee. But uh, if people don't leave their office because they're too cold, then they can't really get in your door. True. But uh, yeah, you you gotta you gotta love it and you gotta be uh, patient. Um,
0: like, what are the steps that you took to ultimately open up the the shop? What are the main steps?
1: Uh I wrote a business plan um, talked with different uh uh business advisors i I talked to a coffee business consulting program in in Portland. I spent some time actually out there um, uh did like a five day course and just kind of uh just kind of ran my specific ideas for what I wanted poor Cleveland to be uh by them and just kind of got some feedback. Uh that way, and just uh yeah, I had to uh, figure out how I was gonna finance it and was able to borrow money from uh family to do that fortunately, and uh work with the city on a on a loan through the city of Cleveland, which uh, their economic development uh group is actually ex- extremely helpful um, say what you will about city hall, but uh it's it's one of the uh, better run departments there okay and uh, you talk to the landlord you got you know you yeah we the space that we ended up in uh because i lived downtown uh through law school and and for a bit after before we moved uh uh i was familiar with the space i walked by it almost every day on the on the way to school mhm and uh it was i, I think before we were there, I think it was a Continental Airlines ticket office. So like a, a business that doesn't even exist anymore, right? And a, and an airline that doesn't really exist, right? Um, so it was it sat empty for over a decade, and uh, really, yeah, wow. And it's right on Euclid. I, I mean, it's right across. It's a great from location. PNC
0: and you're a hop, skip, and a jump from you're right there by Fourth. Yeah. Uh, you're right by House of Blues. Yeah, we're kind I of mean, right in the middle. It's a great spot.
1: Yeah. Um, and I it, I just saw the potential in it, and we, uh, we built it out, uh, kind of opened it up. It, you it, hire uh, in architects? How does that work? Yeah, our, our landlord was uh, extremely helpful with that, actually. Um, his name's Dick Pace. Uh, he um, has like a master lease over the whole, uh, what he rebranded as a 5th Street Arcade, so colonial marketplace, uh, and so we sublease from him. Um, but he hooked us up with uh, really uh, really good architects uh, uh and then uh contractor uh we that that whole process took a while but um yeah and then the equipment all that kind of stuff you've... the equipment is uh was kind of picked by me just from what I knew and uh overall was was pretty happy with the bar design and and design of the space uh we're hoping to eventually build out the the roof part of it wow so i have like a better outdoor space wow that'd be amazing huh? yeah to be, be a really unique kind of vantage point it's like you know uh about 20, 20 feet off of euclid but you know as downtown gets busier i think it'll be a cool like people watching place so you ultimately you put all this work in
0: you opened up five years ago
1: mm-hmm.
0: what have the last five years been like for you
1: Oh crazy <laughs> crazy uh we opened in uh like right before thanksgiving of twenty thirteen uh uh and all you know you can plan you know for everything but yeah as soon as soon as you're open yeah uh, it's it's a whole <laughs> the plan whole goes whole out thing. the door Basically. it's like what they
0: say like in a war strategy plan, 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 you have this whole war strategy plan, and the moment a first bullet's fired, that plan changes within seconds, yeah. so it's, it's exactly. the same thing in business.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, we opened in uh, there was a polar vortex that, that winter, so it was extra cold, windy, snowy, so we were, we were pretty quiet uh, through March of that year. Um, More hey, quiet than you were expecting. It? Oh yeah. Okay. But uh, you're going. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you get a lot of those moments.
0: Yeah. Oh but, shit uh, moments. That's entrepreneurial life, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. But uh, you know, we we uh, uh, we made it through that, and uh, got busier once the summer picked up and people were back out in downtown. Uh, I think the next year we also had a polar vortex. Uh, There were some
0: shitty winters, for sure. Yeah,
1: I've become... About four, three,
0: four years ago. Yeah, Yeah,
1: like two in a row. Yeah. Uh,
0: That one winter when it was like zero degrees every day for like 90 days straight, that had to be terrible for business. Yeah.
1: As soon soon as our... I I know our business is going to be slower as soon as it's below 30. Mm -hmm. I know that numbers will will drop, but uh, we got through 14, and I think... uh, uh LeBron James announced that he was coming back in that later that summer, I think. Was it 14 or 15?
0: Yeah, one of the two.
1: So, people were, you know, coming back down. That had to be good for business, huh? Yeah, I mean, uh you know, uh, people talk about economic impact of of him, but I know, you know, I mean, we had four straight summers of Finals runs and playoffs. That had to be I mean, huge. That, that brings that had to be huge. so many people. It's foot downtown. traffic.
0: You need foot traffic. That's what it comes down to.
1: Yeah, and downtown is getting better and better that way, but it's still so dependent on on tourism and and stuff going on. Right. Exactly. People don't realize that, but yeah, I mean LeBron was. great That had for to be that. huge. Yeah. We just need another LeBron
0: now, or maybe the Browns. The Browns have to be,
1: but that's only one. One day a week, that's and that's true. only eight weeks.
0: That's that's a good point. <laughs> it's only eight days a year. Right. Wow. Well,
1: well maybe a little bit more if people you come for the weekends. Yeah, and, yeah, you usually do. Cause, and especially now, I'm sure they'll get a lot more uh, prime yeah. time games and.
0: That'll be good for business. Yes, yeah. sports are good for business, fear and hospitality. It just is.
1: Yeah, I know there's studies that say mixed things, but you can definitely feel the the impact of it.
0: You've li- you've lived it. Yeah. Yeah. It's So it's the last 5 sure. years have been exceeded your expectations, uh fallen short, somewhere in between. What what has it been like
1: I think it's uh
0: Really emotionally, like you, what you can't it think
1: like? of it linearly it's it's a lot of highs, a lot of lows okay uh overall i'm I'm happy with it i'm I'm super excited to to start roasting and putting our our name on on some of our coffees that we'll be selling and where will you be selling? We'll be selling them obviously at port uh Port Cleveland downtown, and then uh all over hopefully cafes, restaurants, bakeries uh we'll buy our stuff and now are you
0: going to be limited to Cleveland or will it
1: go elsewhere? No, uh, nationwide. Okay, right. Worldwide, hopefully. Wow. Um, yeah, just uh, it'll it'll help us reach. And a how way do you are. get
0: how do you get nationwide? Do you have people, salespeople? We
1: we actually have a, a great following um, outside of Cleveland, just because we are that downtown spot. So if people come in from out of town, mo- more than likely they they're coming for coffee at poor.
0: You you have like the guys that were like you in Washington that experienced yeah. something different.
1: Like we get people in. Uh, from LA, uh, uh, a lot of times from like different bands and stuff, uh, and uh, they're they're so excited when they come in and see you know different roasters we have, and they they could they've been in quality coffee shops, so they they know that we're doing stuff the right way.
0: Sure, uh, it's different.
1: There's nothing like you guys in Cleveland. There's really not. I, it, coffee scene here has gotten like uh extremely uh more developed since since we open. Um, uh you know rising star kinda opened up at the same time as us. Uh, they have four, five, six locations now. Um, Phoenix has uh gone through like a renaissance and they're you know they started out as uh Arabica I remember that back them. in the yeah. day and they're they're putting out really great coffees now too. Wow. Um hmm. We just take a little bit different approach and uh, uh, really like uh, diving into each coffee that we bring in. We build one of the most unique menus in in the country for sure. Like a lot of the roasters that we get in, we're literally the only place in the entire U.S. That and is that you and
0: Maggie different. making those decisions pretty much? Or?
1: Mostly me. Maggie's uh, really kind of leading on uh, aesthetic and, and kind of the social. Media and yeah. all that kind of stuff, marketing. Yeah. She's doing a great job. I mean, oh, you guys
0: okay. are doing a great job with your, your marketing. You guys have a pretty good following across all the different platforms, don't you?
1: Yeah, I mean, we've got over a few thousand 12, here and thousand there. And, yeah, followers on Instagram and that's great. Twitter, wow. try to stay active on it. Uh, Facebook, maybe a little bit less, but.
0: Now, have you thought about
1: opening up any other locations, or is it too soon still? It's always a thought. I just know the work that goes into opening any one spot and. Uh, the time commitment that'll take for me. I, my focus right now is really on on the roasting and getting that right Okay. before I do any of that. But uh, absolutely, we we like to. And do will it. the name always be Poor Cleveland, regardless of where it is? So the uh, downtown will be Poor Cleveland. Uh, the coffee roasting uh, is going under Poor Poor Coffee Co. Poor Coffee Co. Okay. So you'll see the that packaging soon enough. Uh,
0: yeah. There's not going to be a big smiling Charlie on the on the front cover of the, of the packaging, is it? No, no. There? I mean, we we want to awesome. sell the cover.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> but, like, if you open up any other locations, the name Poor Cleveland will always be Poor Cleveland, or would it be, like, Poor Cincinnati, or what do you, what are you or is it too, I don't you know, haven't gotten yeah, there? Yeah, we haven't gotten there. Uh, okay.
1: We've, we've had people come in and tell us, like, oh, you should, you know, you should open here, there, uh, Nashville, Chicago, but... Um, Nashville's
0: a booming city. Place. It, it is. A hundred people a day are moving into Nashville. Is that right? Yeah, every single day. If you go to Nashville, there's more high-rises there that are being built than, like, even in Miami or New York City. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy right now what's going on there. It's a cool city. It is. I, I Fun went,
1: place. Uh, yeah, we went, actually, like, six years ago before we started building out poor and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, what what about... Um,
0: the name "Poor Cleveland" is—it's a—it's a great name. It's a catchy name, and I was just wondering
1: if, like, that was something that was gonna stick with you, or uh, I think the pun works well with with Cleveland because you know we're kind of lovable losers, and everyone's always like, "Oh, Poor Cleveland," but uh, you know, I don't know that it works as well with like you know, not like Miami. New England, yeah, Poor New you know, England, Poor
0: New England, right?
1: <laughs> uh, but yeah, it probably work in the Midwest mostly.
0: Yeah, no, it's a it's a great name. What 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 do people you, the your clients, your customers. What is what are some of the things that the, the positive things that keep them come your loyal your loyalists? What are they really really drawn by at your place?
1: Uh, they know that we take our our product seriously, our service seriously. Um, we it our our regulars know the work that we put into making sure the coffee tastes as good as possible every time they come in. Uh, that uh, it's, it's little steps. Uh, we we invest a lot in our water, making sure that that's good. It's something that people don't realize. Uh, brewing coffee with good water is going to make a world of difference. So we have a, a reverse osmosis water system, basically strips out everything and then we blend back in filtered water so it has the right mineral content, uh, Just just makes brewing coffee that much easier. Uh, like, what you're drinking now, 99% of it is just water, There's 1% of it is dissolved coffee. Mm. So, the water you use is going to make a world of difference. So, if it tastes like chlorine, or, you know, whatever the city's adding to it, that's that's not going to be good. Right. Uh, But, yeah, they know that we, uh, you know, we taste almost every coffee before we order it, uh, from samples and stuff like that. So, they know if it's on our shelf, it's, is something good. Mm-hmm. Um, How many roasters are there in this country? Oh, in this country, there's, there's, I couldn't even thousands and thousands. Yeah, I mean we. Yeah. We get, you know, I think it's, uh, it's a pretty fluid number right now. I think, uh, you know, you get small batch people. You got people roasting in their garage or their kitchen, on, you know, little popcorn poppers sometimes or whatever. You know, that some people get, you know, a huge following uh, just from that, and then. You got startup roasters that I mean, we uh, we really we get uh, oh you get over a hundred samples from different roasters a year. Wow,
0: It's crazy, huh? It's
1: a crazy. It is. I mean, uh, you know, a lot of people want to get into it, but that's also another reason that we wanted to do it. Is like you know, you see people put out coffees and they they clearly have no idea what they're what they're doing. Uh, we we have enough expertise being in this in what's the roasting
0: process in general what what happens
1: it's basically like a like a giant oven with a with a rotating drum inside mm mm-hmm. um, so you're putting uh, green coffee beans uh... in the top they kinda of funnel in and uh... you're you're heating heating the beans uh... uh... in the drum for a given period of time different temperatures different air flows um, but it's a, it's a lot like cooking, it, you know, in general. Uh, there's always a lot of parallels to steak a little bit. Uh, that's the parallel I use for kind of light roast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you wouldn't buy, like, a good piece of meat and just, you know, broil it till it's, you know, black all the way through. There's no point in buying a good piece of meat and cooking it that long. Uh, so you just start with good coffee beans. Um Figure out a roast profile that, that works. Uh, taste. I don't, I, clearly, a lot of people put out coffee and never taste it before they, they sell it because I'm like, why <laughs> Why would you even send it?
0: Right. Well, they, or they just they just hope that somebody's going to buy it. They don't give a shit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's too much of that. It, a, a lot of coffee's driven by just marketing alone and not actual expertise or or care for their the quality of the product. And uh, how do you find the uh,
0: the employee market? You have ease to finding people to work,
1: or I, I have I have an amazing staff. Um, it's it's very difficult to find uh, uh, people with, with work ethic, and isn't that crazy? It's so so crazy these days. It is. It's it's.
0: Uh... You're not asking people to perform surgery, right? No. You just want good, hardworking. People that are excited about coming into work,
1: it, that you could trust. It's 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 hard. Uh, I mean, clearly we're not doing enough in in schools to even just how to communicate and and, and apply for. it. It's a job. lost art.
0: It's and it's the most important art there is. Well, it's crazy. Just,
1: uh, yeah, I, I think that's one of the biggest things that I see is just people don't know how to how to talk to people. Anymore. No, they
0: don't. Like somebody comes in. To submit a resume, right, or an application, or they sit down with you for an interview, and you can't believe that you're sitting across from this person.
1: Yeah, it's like, how did you? No etiquette at at all.
0: There was someone that we had come in recently at our place Mm
1: -hmm.
0: for an interview, and uh, Ryan was interviewing this person, and we have a glass conference room, so you've got a long, and the we call it the glass conference room because you could see into it. The the it's a see through with the glass, and we've got this long conference room table. Heads of chairs on each side Like a regular, you know And then you've got your side chairs Going all the way around the table And uh, he's walking in to go interview this young guy This young kid who's coming out of college Or in college still And as he turns the corner To walk into the glass conference room He looks and the kid's sitting at the head of the table (laughs) All by himself Just sitting at the head of the table waiting Yeah, At at, at the head of the table And that little thing he eliminated himself right then and there because that person has no idea the offensiveness of his actions right and it's a small thing but it's the etiquette thing that complete people are completely lost and Ryan went in there and said to him hey why don't you sit across from me we're going to sit right he's sitting at the head of the, there there's there's 10 chairs around this table and he's sitting at the head it's just those little things that are not either being taught properly um, being overlooked, I, I don't know what it
1: is, man. Yeah, it's uh, I, I you know like, uh, my mom will drive me crazy talking about uh <coughs> how, how my kids are are doomed because <laughs> of cell phones or whatever. Right. But and
0: all the social media stuff. There,
1: there is a, there is a, some truth to that. Um, you know, I I think like the more the more. The, this like younger generation is getting into, uh, you know, living kind of through social media and stuff. They they lose that like face to face ability. Uh, just so many people you can't even look at you in the eye.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Which is just. Uh, you know.
0: And you see them all because you're interviewing mill- millennials. That's pretty much who's coming in for jobs at your place, right? Mostly, that, yeah. Mostly. And you so you see it. You see like the worst of the worst because these kids.
1: I mean, grew I had a up kid with
0: a computer in their hand
1: come in lungs full of uh, vape juice or whatever blows like a cloud of smoke get out of here gives, I swear to you it uh, gives his resume over the counter I'm like what are you doing get
0: as he's here. smoking yeah
1: I was like get out of here get the hell out of here just seriously like, I don't know if it was a joke or what but he just blew like a cloud of smoke like right at us I'm like he blew it at you guys yeah like across the counter I was standing at the the register, and he hand you a resume. Yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. I was like, "Are you
0: serious? Oh, jeez!" I, like, I thought the head of the table thing was pretty bad, but apparently, oh, oh my God! But uh, wow.
1: yeah, I, I've been lucky to. I mean, most uh, most of my staff now. You know, I don't I don't know what the typical turnover rate is in in coffee, but uh, I have an employee that's been with me over three years. Uh, before that, I had a four year employee. It's uh, good pretty much everyone else has been there uh, at least a year or so. But you have a good staff, you're happy with
0: the staff. Yeah. yeah. They
1: they care about the, the the product, the taste that which is all I emphasize. That's that's the most important thing. So that's what people experience and makes them want to come back.
0: Hey man, uh, what you've done 99.9% of people will never do. So, congratulations on even trying and Thanks. starting and being successful with nice. it. I know there's always ups and downs in all business. Um I'm sure there'll be more storms to weather and yep. hopefully some amazingly bright days ahead too. So with the, with the, the roasting is the evolution, right? Yeah. That's the next phase. You're five years in? Yeah. That's the next phase. Where do you see, if you can give us into your crystal ball, looking ahead for the next five and ten years, what do you see for yourself and for your business?
1: Uh, I want to be recognized as one of the best roasters in uh, uh, out there, period. Um, we've we've had the the privilege of trying some amazing amazing coffees over the last 5 years and uh i'm confident in in my ability and uh uh my staff's abil- ability to put out really delicious coffees and uh again uh, just bring more people into specialty coffee kind of how people have gotten into wine and it's become kind of a whole thing uh just uh yeah, making coffee accessible and 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 being known as uh, one of the best roasters.
0: That's awesome. Yeah, awesome, man. And and you will. Uh, poor Cleveland. You're on all the social medias. We'll link everything up. Yeah, everything's at Poor Cleveland. Yeah. Okay.
1: At Poor Cleveland. Um, poor. Uh, I think we're still finalizing the the stuff for the roasting. It'll be a different okay. handle, but and
0: you said that's going to be Poor Coffee Company. Yeah, poor Coffee C O Dot. Yep. Period. Okay. Yep hey folks check them out the one and only Charlie Eisenstadt and and his amazing staff at poor Cleveland downtown Cleveland um, near East Forth
1: yep 530 Euclid we're right between Hodges and colossal cupcakes awesome and shake shack phone right everything's the everything's coming
0: in man it's great yeah downtown's Com- Com- rebuilding got a high rise
1: of 20 floors they just added to the parking garage that uh, your brother used to park at when he'd come downtown <laughs> Uh, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 20 stories of apartments and condos. It's great. It's yeah. exciting.
0: It's very exciting. Check them out, folks. Uh, happy New Year to you, brother. Same to you. Happy New Year to everyone else that's listening. And uh, we'll stay in touch, man. Yeah. Good luck. Absolutely. Good luck. Thanks, Thanks, Thanks for coming.